0: What's going on, you guys? My name's Matt. And I'm Gabe. And welcome back to another episode of the Tentacle Bot Podcast. Uh, today we're not doing the uh, kind of top eight like we did last week, but Gabe, why don't you tell us what we're getting into this week?
1: Yeah, so this week we're going to be going into Costalum, or Coastalum, by Slaughter to Prevail, which is the uh, record that they released on August 13th on Sumerian Records. Uh, Slaughter to Prevail is going to be Alexander, Alex Terrible, Shikali, uh, Jack Simmons, Mikhail, Mike Petrov, Oh, God. Evgeny Novikov and Dmitry Mamadov. And uh, as a side note here, it's pretty obvious that these guys are going to be Russian. Um, Matt, why don't you go ahead and uh, just bring it in. Let's, uh, let's talk about first impressions. So uh, is this Slipknot if they went Death Oh, my God. I wrote down the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you yeah, know, uh, musical review, duh, this is very much... Slipknot
0: if they went Deathcore. (laughs) Um, We hear Alex, the vocalist, deliver a lot of very Corey Taylor-esque vocals on this record. um, And it's very reminiscent of the first record by Slipknot, which I do believe is their self-titled, as well as Iowa, which is their second record. And just how um, brutal and aggressive that the vocal delivery is. Um, The drumming is very similar in how it brings the Deathcore style, but it also has that very Slipknot, new metal-esque vibe. Um, And it it really, it just shows a lot of that Slipknot meets Deathcore vibe. Um, And the guitar work in this is absolutely fantastic.
1: Um, Gabe, Woody, uh, musical review for you? Yeah, so I I came into this record expecting a Bludgeoning Deathcore album, and Mm -hmm. I received a Bludgeoning Deathcore album, but I genuinely was not expecting this much new metal. Yeah. And... Like, from beginning to end, it really just felt like a heavier slipknot when they first started off. Mm-hmm. And like it's it's good. Um, I have issues with it, <laughs> which I'll get into. <laughs> um, but, like, musically speaking, it, it is everything I expected to hear from this album, mm-hmm. uh, listening to the, the singles that they had released. Um, the only real surprising musical aspect of it was the clean vocal delivery from Alex in mm-hmm. a lot of songs. Um, it was an interesting ad. Although I'm not a huge fan of it because Alex is not a good singer. Uh, that that's really comes down to personal preference, but that's really where I'm at with it. Um, f- like when it comes to his unclean vocals, like the ferocity is just so there, and the rest of the band is just destructive all the way through. And then his style of clean vocals comes in, and it just sounds like he'd his confidence level is not there Mm -hmm. and um i feel like that really kind of put a lot of the songs on the album off that's fair yeah and with the the
0: and the description that i had heard for alex's um at least unclean vocals and it is screaming style especially with the lower range is it's very cavernous is it almost it just sounds bigger than it really should like It's a lot of other artists is, you know, they scream and it's like, okay, like this is heavy. But this the way he's able to do it is it just sounds cavernous. It sounds like he's screaming in a literal cave Mm -hmm. and it's kind of scary how just disgusting he sounds.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like this is the first time we see him. We'll dig a little bit deeper into this when we get into the track by track, but um, Demolisher released last year, Mm -hmm. and that was kind of like the standout track for metal of the year just because of his vocal performance on that song, whereas like the rest of the song is your standard death chord. It goes into the breakdown, and he just delivers this nearly demonic kind of voice um, that just sounds like it's coming from the bottom of his chest, and it's not something that really is heard in mainstream metal anymore. No or really ever, I, I, I personally can't remember a time where I've heard something quite as deep and uh, and delivered as well as, as he did. And so um, we see quite a bit of spattering throughout the record because of that, which is perfectly understandable. I mean, he's got, I don't want to call it a gimmick, but it's something that he's known for at this point because of he's one of the few people who's capable of doing it. Yeah. So we see it throughout the record because it's what's to be expected at this point. It's the heaviest vocals that really he can deliver, and he, he absolutely delivers it. Um, yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: let's, um, we, we could probably sit here and just praise his vocal um, style, but let's hit, hit lyrics, man. God, I
1: hated these. <laughs> Russian. Uh, yes, lots uh, yeah, so and lots of Russian. To, to preface this, really, um, the album is unique in our review just because easily 50%, if not more, of the album is in Russian. Mm-hmm. So obviously, things are going to get lost in translation between the two languages. That being said, though, like some songs had okay lyrics, like Baba Yaga. I actually didn't mind the lyrics on that yeah. one. Uh, Demolisher, decent lyrics and stuff like that. But then we had songs like You're Only, Made in and I Killed a Man, that were just lyrical atrocities and or just boring. And so, like the the cheese was really real in a lot of these songs, unfortunately, and and it was real in a lot of uh, a lot of their other stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Not quite as much as this is because like this has taken the more new metal approach, and I feel like the lyrics are following that as yeah. opposed to they did on Misery Sermon. Uh, but it just man i just was not feeling it the lyrics ruined a lot of the songs for me yeah
0: no and and as i was doing the do kind of deeper dive once i had listened to the record a, a number of times is i was definitely in a very similar boat um and i definitely made a made a point to kind of call out the certain songs um and here are my notes of which ones are just week um Mm -hmm. so and and we'll we'll definitely be able to kind of get there in uh a little bit more detail
1: yeah and there are there are going to be a few things because they are Made in Russia, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. um, there is going to be some cultural differences. We'll we'll try to acknowledge that the best that we can. But at the end of the day, we are ignorant Americans, and we we wear that badge, unfortunately. And uh, can <laughs> confirm. So we'll, we'll do our best to kind of be uh, be cognizant of that as we go throughout this. Um, also, just as a, a precursor, if uh, you're going to take a chance on listening to the album, uh, it is a very explicit album. So just do bear that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's not really your cup of tea. But before we jump into the track by track, Matt, why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about the album art? Yeah. So on the album is we see Alex Terrible standing on the front with his arms
0: crossed and he's wearing the signature Slaughter to Prevail mask. Um, For those who may not be familiar, it's a gold mask and it looks um, like a very demonic looking skull. Um, And it has two devil horns uh, coming out uh, from the top behind Alex's head as we see the band's name um, and the logo font that they have. Um, he's wearing a shirt that reads made in Russia. Uh, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, right in front of right under his arms is going to be "Kostolom." And there's a little bit of kind of fading, um, on the, the actual album name. So it's a, this gold lettering, but there's a little bit of fading. So it, in a way, some of it almost is hard to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first thing I kind of look at is it's a really simple record, um, the made in Russia kind of hits really just right on the the um, you know the head of the nail is there is going to be a lot of that Russian influence here in the record um, and then the other thing in my roommate actually made a comment Alex really doesn't shut up on this record he's featured so prominently on the record so it's kind of like it almost gives this perce- this idea that it's the Alex terrible show um, mm-hmm. but I mean if you look at Kind of what's how Slaughter to Prevail has been up to this point is Alex has been featured so heavily. He's got he's done stuff on his own kind of outside the group. Um, There's a pretty famous uh, clip of him doing We Will Rock You by Queen, but in his very low guttural sound. And just being able to see how well he actually makes that song work in that screaming style. Um, and then just a bunch of other different covers that he's done over the years. So he's a, he's definitely the most prominent member of the group.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, if it weren't for doing the research for this album, I wouldn't know who any of the other members are. Just because they're not really put to the forefront. Like, they're all good musicians, but they don't really, like showcase anything it, it really is Alex is the, the kind of like the forefront of the project yeah and I feel like they really did hone in on that with this one a little bit Um, honestly there wasn't a lot to unpack here I feel like there was a lot of missed potential mm-hmm. in the artwork like this feels like something that he made on his computer back in the 90s okay and it just like, they, like like for example, they, they did a, an album artwork for, or not album artwork, but like an artwork release with uh, when they released a third single, Agony, mm-hmm. which had this really cool like side profile skull of a ram kind of look to it. And it, it was like, it fit the song well and portrayed kind of like the, the mood and the vibe. This feels like I'm getting into a rap rock album. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. And-
1: it just, I mean, like, honestly, the only thing missing from it is the fact that he's not wearing some chains around his neck. And I feel like he just needs a couple gold chains, and this is just body count times 11.
0: <laughs> I can't look at this album art the same.
1: Am I wrong, though?
0: No, you're not. Exactly. <laughs> hmm. So let's get into the track by track before I just cry tears of sadness. Um, and we start off with the song Bone Bone Breaker. Gabe, this is a first song, and what do you think
1: about? Does it set the tone? Does it set proper expectations for the record? Yeah, it definitely sets what to expect from this record. Um, it's not my favorite song on the album. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the so the it's technically the title track on the album. The uh, the title cost alum. Uh, directly translate from Russian to English as Bonebreaker. Okay. Although if it's translated from Serbian, it's church. So I don't really know what to make of that information. That is according to Google Translate. So if I'm wrong, blame the internet. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't I don't think it's meant to be church. I'm pretty sure it's meant to be Brombreaker it, just it's because of that bro- immediate yeah. correlation there. Um they, they don't really reference religion a lot in this record. We'll no. we'll get to that at the very end. Yeah. But um yeah, it's it, so that that was kind of um just an interesting little tidbit, but like I said, it doesn't let you down on what to expect here. Mm-hmm. The new metal influences are put right up front and make themselves known whether you like it or not. One of the only songs on the album to be mostly in English. Um, I shouldn't say one of the only, but uh, it, it's outside of the like intro counting in. He counts in one, two, three, four, five, six, 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 mm-hmm. uh, but he does it in Russian, and the rest of the songs in English. And there's only a few songs that are like fully in English like that. Yeah. Uh, the ending breakdown on this one builds forever and just slams into this nasty outro breakdown. So it's a cool song. It's just it's not really my favorite. By any means? Because, yeah. Because it was just so much of me getting caught off guard by the new metal. That's fair. Yeah, no, this this one's definitely not my favorite um,
0: on the, the record either. But as you said, a uh, strong introduction to the new metal deathcore sounds that'll be prominent through the entirety of the record are, again, made abundantly clear. Um, and we see the vo- the different vocal styles that Alex is bringing into the record Whether it be the spoken, um, the spoken word bit, the yelling, the screaming, the sub not Corey Taylor, and then like a very subtle clean vocal on this one, Um, it's that thick meaty breakdown at the end is uh, is really a good good way to to close off the opener, Um, and it feeds right into Demolisher, which is the best song on the record, and you cannot tell me otherwise. I'm gonna
1: tell you otherwise, but uh, excuse excuse me, what? (laughs) excuse so, me what bro this being the first single it really is what pushed slaughter to prevail in the limelight it was mm-hmm. released what like mid 2020 last year that or something sounds like about that. right yeah um and it was like the first introduction to alex's i'm gonna call it demon voice because i really don't know what else to call it there's no other way to <laughs> describe it um and so like it, it's just reaching some of the deepest deathcore vocals i personally have ever heard mm-hmm. i don't really know many other artists if any that would be able to do this and even then like just as a I don't want to call myself a trained vocalist, but as an experienced vocalist, like these are really hard for me to hit. Like, I I can't get quite as low as he does, and it's, I can get lower, but not as low. Yeah. (laughs) And um, it's one of the better lyrical offerings on the album, for sure. The breakdown hits super hard at the end, and it is a really good song. Don't get me wrong. Like, it is absolutely my second favorite song on the album, but I'm in the boat that it's not the best. (laughs) Hmm.
0: <laughs> so I might be leaving the pod. <laughs> so this um this is definitely the most deathcore song on the record. Um it's just and but with Slaughter's Reveil releasing this song as the first song on the record, and I think when this releases they had made the announcement for this record at the time. Is the cool thing about this song is especially going into what would be the next single, which we'll be getting to here in just a moment, this sets a... It doesn't... I'm trying to think how it... it, it sets up the expectation that you are getting a Slaughter to Prevail record, but it doesn't really provide you an actual sneak peek as to
1: what you're going to be getting for the Slaughter to Prevail record. This song felt like it was written and recorded and all that jazz separate from this record yeah exactly it it doesn't feel like it really belongs on this record Mm -hmm. based off of the other songs surrounding it yeah and and it by
0: having this on the record and kind of being an outcast makes it again feel very out of place but i think because of some of the even little bits of just the instrumental and the vocal delivery there, there's very subtle pieces that are kind of like, okay, it makes sense why this was included with, um, because otherwise if it wasn't included with the records, it would probably just been a single that just kind of was just kind of floating between records one and two. Um, but this song is just, it just slaps, man. Mm -hmm. And, the kind of, as you reference the the very demonic voice that um, Alex provides in this is you hear him and he's screaming in this just low, almost guttural tone, but it's all in Russian. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't recall where it was at that I kind of heard the um, kind of a breakdown of the the lyrical content. I believe it was actually a YouTuber. Um, him and his girlfriend or wife, they were actually reacting to this song, and I believe the girlfriend was actually from Russia, and she <laughs> had kind of listened to the the Russian portion, and it's kind of the the way she had kind of explained it, and I, I could very much be be getting it incorrect, and I wish I could remember what the channel was. But it was the song is kind of telling a story of almost like a child who's pretty much having their innocence like ripped away from them and kind of like being told to grow up in a very it a a very aggressive manner and in no way like so the motherland (laughs) (laughs) yes and I I can't remember exactly how it was explained but it wasn't any sort of like abuse kind of thing it was just kind of just this is what life is, deal with it. And it was kind of what the, my understanding of it was. And that's what the, the song was kind of telling the story of. And I thought it was a really cool, um, a really cool kind of story to be told with the song. And I mean, the breakdown at the end, the drums are on a whole nother plane of existence. <laughs> the guitar works really good. Alex, again, shows what he's capable of doing vocally. All around, personally, my favorite song on the record, and in my opinion, the absolute best song. And um, I'm curious to hear what your uh, favorite song on the
1: record is. So let's go ahead and jump into to Baba Yaga, which is my personal favorite on the record. <laughs> really? Yes. Yes,
0: really. All right. So... The Baba Yaga in Slavic folklore is a supernatural being who appears as a deformed or ferocious-looking old woman and is typically shown as an ugly woman and quite unclean. In Slavic culture, the Baba Yaga lived in a hut usually described as standing on chicken legs, which usually has no windows and sometimes not even a door. The door is not revealed until a phrase is said, Turn your back to the forest, your front to me. This song is very much about the Baba Yaga. But here's what's cool about the song, and I don't know if you caught this. It wasn't just about the Baba Yaga. It's from the Baba Yaga's perspective, Mm -hmm. which I thought was... That was a really nice touch to it. Um, This was the single that was dropped, and at that time, the record was actually... like The the news of the record was released. Um, And this definitely set a much better idea of what the record would be like. So we see the new metal, um, you know, that new middle new metal influence. We see the subnaut, um, especially like in the vocal delivery. Um again, the drumming is just stupid. And the singing portion I thought was kind of a cool little touch and I kinda like how it was like the clean singing kind of fading into the screaming. Um kind of just added that little bit of extra extra something. Um, but dude, if you, if you guys want a trip, go watch the music video for this song. I, I don't know if there's anything more Russian than I have ever seen in my entire life. Like that
1: video is insanity. So you skip my favorite part of the, about the Baba Yaga. Sometimes, only sometimes, depending on what region that you're, you're from, you hear this. She's a cannibal <laughs> <laughs> yeah but only sometimes only sometimes is she evil and sometimes she's just more of a nuisance and it depends on where you're from it, it like it because Russia's freaking huge it de- is de- depending on like where you are and not even just Russia I mean there's obviously like the the whole like Slavic region that's mm-hmm. on the the eastern side of things uh, towards Europe or western side of things excuse me yeah uh, and yeah, I don't know. I just I found that kind of funny, um, but yeah, like, like I said, this is my personal favorite on the record, and honestly, I think it's because I've really just heard Demolisher so many times that it's not quite as special anymore. Okay. Um, and as we mentioned bef- before, Demolisher really doesn't fit well on the record. Mm-hmm. This one fits in the record, and I feel like it's a standout from it because it does deliver what the record was trying to do well, mm-hmm. which is really fuse that deathcore and that new metal vibe together. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, this is the first time that we heard Alex singing on on a record. Yeah. with exception of, like, his Russian Hate Machine Project, or uh, I forget what exactly it's called. but R- Russian Hate Project, that, I want to say, right. yeah. Um, which, which is basically um, his uh, YouTube channel that he does his covers and everything like that on. So the um, the We Will Rock You that Matt mentioned earlier, he also did one of, like, Chandelier by Sia, which is personally my favorite one because it's fantastic. I'm going to have to listen to that. That actually <laughs> sounds super sick. It's pretty great. I'll, I'll show you afterwards. Yeah, for sure. Um, But, yeah, it's... I really like it. I feel like the, the clean vocal delivery on this one is the least offensive one on the record because mm-hmm. it sounds really more manic and more um, desperate. And I feel like that it, makes it adds to the the level of what um, they're trying to do with the music itself. Because like the music throughout this entire song is really just nuts. It's chaotic. It's all over the place. And mm-hmm. it's really heavy. And I feel like the vocals on this one at least fit. Yeah. Um, the the clean vocals specifically uh it yeah it just i i appreciate it more and it's, it's so minimal in there um which is i think why i'm okay with it most the breakdown on this one hits stupid hard and i just love the ending of this song yeah, no, this this one's a really, really good one. Yeah. So this is also the first uh, song on the record that we begin seeing uh, a pretty heavy use of Russian, about half the song's in Russian, half the song's yeah, in English. Yeah, I, I definitely noticed that, because there's the... Um,
0: I'm trying to remember the... Because uh, I know it's Baba Yaga, and it's he kind of de- delivers it in a very similar tone to the Russian part in Demolisher. Mm-hmm. And I know I had actually... Um, just to try and make some sense of it and I I actually uh, was uh, learning Russian through Duolingo um, at least for a, a little bit of last year so there were little bits that I was able to kind of pick up and just like the couple words that I, I had learned uh, but as I was kind of I had to go through Google Translate for a lot of trying to just again make sense of yep. um, what was going <laughs> on and it's the the portion where he he's kind of delivering like demolisher where, cause it's Baba Yaga something. And it was j- just almost bluntly speaking from the perspective of the Baba Yaga. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really cool thing. And um, even just little, little bit sprinkled throughout. So it's like a line here, maybe a word here, um, and then, like, the those lines there. So we w- it was definitely
1: a, a nice blend of the English and Russian, and I thought that was a cool little touch. Yeah, they do that quite a bit throughout the record. Um, but speaking of cool things, we're going to go into something not cool with the song Made in Russia. <laughs> Dude, this <laughs> is so bluntly Slipknot, it's insane. Uh, it, it's so bluntly Slipknot. And then, and actually, I really should preface this first. The cultural difference really is likely to be seen here um Mm -hmm. just because uh, the lyrical content on this one is super cheesy it's like don't tell me what to wear what to think what to eat how to live a bunch of like things like that where we would have heard that kind of stuff as kids or back in the 80s when punk was uh really kind of taken to the forefront and stuff like that where it just it feels like this is just years too late and it's, lyrically, it, it I'll, I'll
0: read this sentence word for word as I have it here. Lyrically, this is a song that's saying, I am who I am, but in a way that sounds, quote, tough. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of there's a portion where Alex is screaming um and it's in Russian it's teeth will fly teeth will fly yeah. teeth will fly um and then I can't remember the next phrase and then it's like violent teeth will dogs fly. or something like that wild dogs that's right and it, it's just this portion where it's just this manic almost nonsense yeah, my, my rage is a gift <laughs> yeah
1: that it's it's yeah, it, it just it sounds it's it's tough guy cheese. Yeah, and um, my, uh, one of my other really big issues with this is just the offhanded use of the word retarded multiple times. I saw, I caught that. I'm it, really it, not okay with using words that disparage the differently abled, mm-hmm. and this is kind of one of those times. And again, that may be a, a a cultural difference where it's something that's accepted and just widely used in their culture. Yeah, uh, obviously here not okay with it yeah
0: and, and it's a very like as and the, I, I made the the note here is i i wish i hadn't read the lyrics and it's so that's for one of the reasons and i myself am not the most pc individual but i try to be pc for the sake of just not being a scummy person mm-hmm. and this this is just a very not pc song and You know, and as you said, is there's a lot of it that could be that just because it's a different, you know, it's a different place in the world. It's a very different culture is um, that might be that might just be how they are. And, you know, I, I just can't say and you can't say because, again, we're ignorant Americans. And as much as I, you know, I'd love to be able to go to Russia just to be able to be like. I've been to Russia and just see see the culture with my own eyes and Mm kind of just be able to experience that. But um, even as much as I've kind of been a fanboy of like Russian culture and some of their history is... It's it's not something that I'm familiar with, even mm-hmm. in the
1: little bits that I've looked into, and it, it's yeah, well, and that's something that you'd really have to be like immersed in the culture you too would for. Very, like, about it's to not something to, that yeah. you can watch a video on on mm-hmm. YouTube or uh, watch a documentary on and really kind of gather that, yeah. unless it's specifically talking about. Slaughtered Prevail, for example. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I I wouldn't really expect to be able to know that uh, without being as a part of that. Right. Um, The breakdown on this song is a really redeeming factor. Mm -hmm. Like, it just, it slows down and just hits like a truck. And I loved it. But prior to that comes probably my least favorite part on the record. Where it's the part where he talks about his beloved M134, which I'm, I'm guessing is a gun of some sort. I really don't know. And then he's just like, and then he uses that stupid gun to start the start that first breakdown. Oh and, yeah,
0: and and that's uh, a that's a trope we've seen a lot. For the
1: love of God. St- Stop using guns to start a breakdown. Like, it is just overdone. It's used up. It is thrown out on the trash, then taken by a homeless person, used again, and then thrown out by that homeless person because even they recognize that it is garbage. Please stop using this. (laughs) So, the M134 is a
0: minigun. Um, so I'm a little sad that he didn't, uh, faster because it's it yeah, like saying. six bullets a second. So Alex terrible. I'm going to need you to, uh, a little bit faster. <laughs> now, before we get too far down that rabbit hole of, uh, whatever that was, um, the next song we have is Zavali Abalo, um, which was, it wasn't a single, but it was a song that we were, uh, that was released before the record to
1: kind of, um just give us a little bit extra something. Yeah, it, it, it I registered as a fourth single from the album. That's fair. Um so this is number the the fourth song that was released. Agony was number 3, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um this one really falls into the same rut that most of the other ones do. Like it's the chorus is really aggravating on this one for me. I just I found it very ugh. I have a I like
0: this song, actually, quite a bit. Um, and it's the the way that they were able to blend the that new metal and deathcore that, again, is very prominent on the record, and um, I pretty much reference in every song just about in, in some capacity, uh, is the way that they were able to do it I thought was actually really fun. Because like, we get the deathcore, we get the new metal, we get that really fast and chonky sound um, that Slaughter to Prevail has done in older material. Um and then we also have it layered with Alex providing this combination of screaming, but along with the spoken slash yelling vocal deliveries. Um and it provides this very unique entity, this very unique end product that I find myself wanting to keep coming back to, even though it's not it's not Demolisher and it's not it doesn't have the same kinda umph as Baba Yaga, which is probably gonna end up sitting at like my second favorite song. Um, this might end up being
1: number three for me. Wrong, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. The, the like I said, the chorus is really aggravating. Like lyrically, this song, r- reading the lyrics on this one ruined it for me. Um, I just I hated reading the lyrics for this song because it, it it was again it was just a kind of fake tough guy nonsense. I'm glad I didn't read the lyrics on this one. I uh, thankfully
0: so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you how how this kind of how this kind of shook down. There were a few of the songs. Um. Demolisher, Baba Yaga, Zavali Abalo, and Agony, and uh, also uh, looks like Bratva. I would written last night, so finishing finishing notes today, and just kind of you know re- refreshing a little bit, re-listening to the record. Um, I also started doing a little bit of that lyrical dive in, into the songs that I hadn't made any notes for.
1: I hmm, I really wish I didn't. Yeah, this one wasn't a good one to to get into. So so it Zavalli sounds Ibalo, awful like I'm just gonna just not look into that one. Yeah, Zavali Ibalo uh, translates from Russian to English as "shut the up." Oh yeah, like it, it's just a direct translation. Okay, and so like the, literally the whole song is just this fake tough guy nonsense of him uh, just telling someone to shut up because he's bigger and stronger and more powerful kind of thing. Like it's, it's just neat. It's boring. Yeah. It's just the same kind of garbage new metal crap that I really just don't want to hear anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: it's such a, it's a trope that's been done and new metal, I think is probably the biggest, at least in the kind of rock and metal scene is that's where a lot of it's going to be the most prominent. Um, And I think that's one of the things that was brought into this record and um, It it may also be a part of a a Russian culture thing where it's, you know, everybody just tries to act and be the the toughest guy on the block kind of thing. So I wonder if that's a little bit of bleeding through coming in. Um, But that's very possible. Pretty sad.
1: (sighs) Moving on to number six, (laughs) Agony, which is the third single uh, released from this album with its own music video as well. Matt, how'd you feel on this one? So
0: this song is going to be the second most pure deathcore song on the record. Uh, But we do see a little bit of the new metal mixed in. Um, And it's maybe a little bit in the instrumentals, but I think more in the vocal delivery that we see from Alex. Um, So it's, it's a very light sprinkling um, a little bit more than demolisher where again, you kind of hear it, you know, here and there. Um, but this one is we have the spoken word and shouting from Alex mixed in with those screaming portions, um, make the song sound just extremely angry. And it's as if he's trying to get something off his chest. Um, the guitar work is just absolutely fantastic. And I'm not just talking about the solo, but the pick sweeping right mm-hmm. after is as soon as that pick sweeping started, I remember it is I just made a mental note and I'm like, this song is one that ha- has very much gotten my attention yeah th- this um, is gonna be one, is one of awesome. one of my top
1: songs on the album as well the uh, the solo is really something to note here um the breakdown at the end is fantastic yeah. where he's just like we'll all be in agony and it just hits like a truck again and, it really does oh uh, it's just so good um even like the weird new metal versus things like they're mm-hmm. still really dark and heavy and i, yeah. I, I do really like this song yeah, no. This this is a, a solid one for them to have picked as a single. Yeah, the the music video was a little weird. Um, it was interesting to see them take the choice of not using the masks as much. Um, interesting. Which I mean is fine. Like I'm not married to the mask or anything like that. But it was just it's kind of like if Slipknot were to come out and not do their masks. Yeah. When Corey and uh and Jayce or Jim like aren't doing uh mm-hmm. Stone Sour stuff. Yeah. But. Like, if they were just to come out on stage without their masks, like, it would just... It would be weird. It wouldn't necessarily... I mean, I'm sure Slipknot fans would be upset about it, but, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't change anything about the music. No. It was just kind of interesting to see them take that route when they've really put a lot of focus on the masks. Yeah. Like, I mean, their, their first uh, their first record had just, like, a silhouette of the mask right there up front, and obviously they wearing it on this cover, and he's been using it throughout the course of it, mm-hmm. really putting the brand on it, so... There was nothing wrong with it. It just found it kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, and uh, definitely with the um, the music video for Demolisher as well as Baba Yaga is we see uh we definitely do see kind of a departure from the masks in a way Um, Mm -hmm. with demolisher is obviously the music video is them. uh, It appears to be them playing that at a live show actually in Russia. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense. They take off the mask. It's blazing hot up on stage. So like for that reason, it makes sense that they take it off. Um, But then in Baba Yaga is it's very off and on. So the sequences where it's the band playing the song, or at least the, the band performance portion of the video is it's them wearing the mask. Uh, but for the portion where Alex is holding an AK walking by a tank, he's not wearing a mask. They're mm-hmm. sitting at a, a wooden table. They're not wearing a mask. Um, they're playing Russian roulette. Cause Russian uh, they're not wearing the <laughs> mask. Like there's, I, again, if you have not seen the Baba Yaga music video, please go and watch that. And I, there's a portion where I think Alex is fighting a bear. So, like, that's it, right. I forgot about yeah. That. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> pardon my uh, terrible Russian accent, but uh, <clears throat> drink vodka, fight the bears for the motherland. Vodka,
1: vodka, Boris Yeltsin. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Bors- <laughs> <laughs> I hate the
0: two of us, dude. <laughs> Oh, also, bulb, go, bulb, I, I bulb.
1: wanted to, to be of note here. I know we're like 30 minutes into the podcast or whatever, but uh, Matt's wearing a Russian hat. Uh, it's called an Ushanka. Thank you very much. Uh, watch your language. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and move on to the song You're Only, and uh, I'm just going to start out. The start of the song is cool. Yeah. And then the chorus kills it. The chorus is, I mm, um, I hate. Hit me with the spice. I hit me with all that hate spice. this song. Like, it, it sounds like they tried to write a love song, mm-hmm. but then decided, no, that's not metal enough, and made it sound like it's an abuse song. Yeah. And I, I, I hate this song. Like, after the first 30 seconds of the song, I'm just like, cool, I'm out. I'm not doing this. Yeah. So with this one
0: is, um, lyrically, and you kind of started kind of pointing at it, Lyrically, it seems to just follow a trope that we've seen plenty in metal. I gave you all of me, you threw it away. It very much just follows that trope. And um, even after, do, you know, unfortunately, having to go through Google Translate to make sense of the Russian, is it very much just, just told the exact same story. Um, this one's nice and heavy, and I'm okay with it. The clean vocals on this one added a sort of dramatic element in how Alex delivered it. Even if he's not the best singer out there, um but it, like i said it adds that it added a nice little flavor it added a little bit of drama to it um the guitar work that closes out the song though i thought was really sick other than that the lyrics were really one of the things that just it was you know it, it was pretty high up on the scale I'm like okay this is cool and then the lyrics just pulled it down and that's that's what really killed it for me as this well. song
1: could be taken off the album and i probably would raise my rating for it
0: you know I what else
1: hate this song you know what else could
0: have got taken off the record
1: i killed a man <laughs>
0: <laughs> this song
1: i disagree with you on that but we'll so, get to so that. so <laughs> the
0: thing is is with this song is it's big mad it's big mad it's somebody made our dude angry and the the chorus in this one is exclusively in russian and it's the same line twice um, the first line is it being sung, or it being screamed, and then it being sung, and it just, huh. like, it, it's, it almost sounded as if they were trying to do, it almost sounded like if Alex was trying to be King Diamond, except <laughs> did a really bad job of it. And this is also coming from somebody who doesn't like King Diamond.
1: So the, the way that I saw it was actually more along the lines of like Niall. Um, so okay. Nile has a. For those who don't know, and we're going to definitely be covering their new album whenever that releases. They're mm-hmm. working on new music now, and I'm so hyped. Oh, sick! Um, so Nile is they're very um, Egyptian themed, like ancient Egypt. They're, like mm-hmm. their whole like premise about them and everything like that. It's it's a very um, orchestral and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like not a, not a, not a gimmick, symphonic but symphonic, yeah. Um, a very symphonic kind of uh, metal band that's literally centered around everything ancient Egypt, and I mean, it makes sense because the Nile is the river
0: that runs right through Egypt, and there's a lot of significance in there, in their kind of, like,
1: the ancient Egyptian culture and, like, mythology. Captain Obvious? Anyway. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the uh, the part, like, where he's doing that singing bit uh, before it gets, like, really quiet really reminded me of Nile because they do a lot of that kind of same thing where it's, like, this weird hallowing kind of singing behind mm-hmm. the screaming, or uh, really over the screaming. And honestly, I really like that bit. Um, I have the, the same issues as you do um, lyrically speaking. Like, it just feels like an instance of playing tough, playing tough for the deathcore bit. Um, it really feels akin to like rappers who rap about killing drugs and theft and whatever, but they haven't actually done about done it, and they just write about it for clout with their peers. How many times does he say "I killed a man" in this song? Oh God, so many
0: times. I I honestly, if I remember offhand, it was sitting there probably like fifteen times. I mean, it's just because he goes and he like kind of yells it, he shouts it, he kind of sings it, and then he just screams it. And I'm like, I'm like, cool.
1: Um, I guess I am counting twelve. Okay. Uh, just uh, off of the lyrics, off of Genius, it, so there could be a couple uh, difference, give or take. Yeah, um, yeah. I also had a really big issue with the um, the line "Nothing is easier than killing a man." So, hey, hey, a and, and really the uh, the moral code behind it aside, because at this point we're just assuming that this is a rap song. Yeah. Kind of the same thing, like where they rap about the millions of dollars they have when they've released one song kind of thing. Like, where mm-hmm. did you get the money? You didn't. Yeah. Uh, this is just rapping about it for clout and stuff. Um, but it just, it rubs me the wrong way due to the fact that it's not like they have a gimmick. It's not like Nile where they rap or they, they not rap. They, they sing about ancient Egypt all mm-hmm. the time. And that's like, that's a part of what they do. And so they incorporate the, those same kind of musical instruments, or it's not like a guar where, everything they sing about is like doing cocaine off of their uh, (laughs) planet far away while they try and demolish humanity so they can get back. Like things like that where it's really about the gimmick. Sure. Because I feel like then at that point it's furthering the story. It's furthering the image. This Mm -hmm. is just, I'm a big, bad, tough guy. And Alex terrible is really not a big, bad, tough guy. Like he's in interviews and in conversations that like I've watched being had with him, Like he's not that kind of person Mm -hmm. whatsoever. Like it. It's almost like Alex Terrible is just the persona that he puts on the front for the band. Yeah, and then when he steps behind that, he's just. I. I have I have an idea uh-huh. that could
0: possibly explain it. Go for it. So, at, you know, we we grew up with a very, um, you know, especially with schools, it's almost like an anti Russia, anti red kind of thing. I'm almost wondering if what if the whole gimmick of the record is just taking stereotypes that people have made of Russia and it's them just kind of playing off of it. Like it would be, it would be kind of funny if that was the situation, but I I'm also kind of doubtful, but it's I'm, like I'm really doubtful of that. I, I agree with you. It would be well, funny, like, but, it, <laughs> but it, it also would make a, it would also kind of uh, make some of these lyrics seem a little bit less off the, off
1: the rails because of like there is you said not, how Alex is. There is not a single mention of vodka. There is w- the, the the word alcohol is mentioned one time in this entire record, and it doesn't make sense in accordance with that. They never mention Boris Yeltsin. They ne- <laughs> do they reference borscht? No. Do they mention comrade? No. Comrade? No. No.
0: Okay. No. That my uh, <laughs> my theory's yeah. been uh, debunked. Thank you for watching this uh,
1: week's episode of MythBusters. Yeah. <laughs> So now that we got that out of the way, we're gonna go ahead and move on to the song bratva.
0: nope I I have I hate I hate the beginning of this song. It's literally the cringiest thing I've ever said I've ever heard in my life and I do, that's all I have about
1: this song I do not I have no further thoughts. All right so um anyway <laughs> <laughs> bratva translates to lads uh, so excuse me what it translates to lads like so, hey lads yes. Yeah, so basically, I am going to move forward with calling the song "Homies." Uh, it's a hard-hitting song. It's pretty straightforward. There's not any like real complaints for me about it. I honestly don't mind the intro. I thought it was kind of funny, um, and I feel like it should have been actually the beginning of the record as opposed to "Bone Bone
0: Yeah. So, like,
1: here here's my thing with the beginning
0: is, and I don't know who it was that was actually doing like who was actually the one speaking, um. And if it's an actual, if it was one of the actual members of the band, um, you know, I apologize. But it's it, Alex. Wait, what? At the, at the very beginning of this song, it's Alex. Um, so uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop some spice here. Okay. It sounds like somebody trying to do a really bad Russian accent, trying to be like this guy at a carnival, trying to announce this big momentous just attraction.
1: I hate it. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard my entire life. So I'm going to sidetrack on that really quick. So um, one of my favorite games that I, I played on Xbox was uh, Forza Horizons 3, okay. which is just an open-world racing game. It's a lot of fun. I recommend it if you just want something to kind of take up your time and mm-hmm. feel like cars and stuff. Uh, in that one, so the, the whole uh, the whole map is based in Australia. That you oh, were there for cool. this this giant racing uh, yeah. festival across the entirety of Australia, and they had a, a, an, an Australian announcer, and when they did previews for the game, everybody was bashing the bashing him so hard because they're like that terrible fake Australian accents, the worst. <laughs> I can't believe they would do that. Turns out the guy is actually Australian. <laughs> And so it was just one of those things. I, I feel like that's kind of the same situation yeah. here. Like I feel like it's just his voice is so stereotypically correct with mm-hmm. uh, the Russian language and r- Russian accents. Yeah, I feel like that's part of what's killing it for you. Um, g- get over it. Um- <laughs> you, you know how I'll get over it? I just won't listen to this song. Fair enough. <laughs> Either Next, way, still- I honestly don't hate the songs. But yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and go into a. I don't. I don't know how to say this one ouroboros Uh, sure did you find a did you find any sort of um translation on what this title meant
0: (laughs) oh it's the um it's the snake that eats its tail it um
1: that's what the ouroboros is from from norse mythology yeah no it's not hold on all right ladies and gentlemen we got that figured out i was thinking of jormungandr from norse mythology uh this uh, ouroboros is uh the earliest depictions found in ancient China, um, but apparently made its way up a little bit north, I guess. Uh, so, Matt, since clearly you're the expert here, why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about what you thought about this song? So,
0: <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> so, th- this song is just Russian front to back lyrically. Um, so, Google Translate, here we go. Yeah, yeah uh,
1: so, a thing to note here, um, this song, Bratva, and the next song, Head on a Plate, are all exclusively in Russian. Okay. Um, so, that that's something to note as we dig a little bit deeper into the lyrical content here so unfortunately i i think ouroboros is
0: i had seen that it was exclusively in russian um and because i didn't really want to go and just copy paste an entire like four paragraphs worth of words and trying to like flip through that on google translate um Unfortunately, I didn't do that because I'm a real professional podcaster. So sorry about that. Um, but at least if we're looking at it from a uh, sound perspective, is this is another one of the few songs on the record um, that's nearly all deathcore. But again, we get some of that new metal subnot influenced vocal delivery by Alex. Um, unfortunately, sound-wise, this one just really isn't that
1: memorable for me. Yeah, It really isn't. Um, there's uh, some tremolo picking that starts a little over a minute into the song, which is, like, super clean. I really mm-hmm. like the tone that they used on that, and the chugs underneath are, are really tight. Um, yeah, otherwise, like, it just it really isn't all that special. It's it's heavy. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, we'll go ahead and jump into the, the next song, then. Uh, head on a Plate. Uh, this song really felt like it was a callback a little bit to their older material off of, like, Misery Sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, for the love of God, I cannot figure out this song lyrically. Like, half of it feels like a hate song against somebody. The other half feels like it's a, a retelling of the story of Herod and John the Baptist. And for those unaware, uh, Herod was the Jewish king around when um, Jesus had originally been born uh, in the in the Bible. And he called for... He, basically what had happened was that um, his daughter wanted John the Baptist who was the um, the kind of person to go before Jesus and uh, bring awareness to him uh, it was she wanted his head brought to him brought to her on a platter so Herod, King Herod had ordered that execution of John the Baptist and literally brought his daughter his head on a plate so half the song is that and half the song is just hate against somebody and I, 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 I can't can't tell what correlation he's trying to bring together with them that's kind of punk rock <laughs> <laughs> well it, it's also kind of interesting too because like this is the first time that we see any sort of religious or uh, deity conversation yeah. any sort of lyrics on this record and it feels a little out of place like again the lyrics just kind of ruin it for me on this one the musically it's cool yeah. I guess
0: and, and that's kind of a similar situation uh, sonically for me is I was kind of r- hearing it, and I'm like, it's kind of big death metal energy where typically most of the rest of the record has been more on the, the death, the death core side. Yeah, it is, really focuses a lot a on lot the core
1: like, and the new metal.
0: Yeah. Um, I thought it focused a little bit more on the death metal um, part of the, the well, death course style. The,
1: this song, but like the, the rest of the album oh, like, yeah, really yeah. focuses
0: on more of the core side yeah. of and it, it, So I, I, just misunderstood yeah. you. So my bad. Um, But it, unfortunately there's just not much really else to say. It's got with the brutal vocals, really sick guitar work. And then the drumming's obnoxiously great. Like, I'm pretty sure the drummer is actually just a robot. and uh, You kind of just can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, probably.
1: It's um, kind of like Alex Bend. <laughs> <laughs> He's a madman. Um, like
0: the last song, though, this one definitely isn't very memorable. Um, but we'll just jump right into the
1: last song. Is simply called Father. So, again, we have... Uh, th- this one, lyrically, it, it it's a lot more interesting. It's, it feels like it's a conversation with God, mm-hmm. um, which is something outside of the norm uh, again like uh, this is the the final song and this is the second time that they're bringing up religion right back to back yeah. or at least any sort of like reference to a deity um, it's not really something that's just on the forefront of slaughter to prevail songs to begin with mm-hmm. um it just it feels like it's something personal for Alex and i felt like this song was really more akin to Uh, What um, disgusting was, uh, or second disgusting off of um, the yeah bear two's first first record. Like it was really more of a personal song. Uh, It is a very different vocal delivery uh, than what we hear normally from Slaughter Prevail up until the end of the song, and then it goes into his normal deathcore stuff. But it really feels like he's using his upper mid range uh, for the majority of the song and. While it's not really a song that's memorable, I do appreciate it on this album, and I appreciate its placement.
0: And I'm kind of in a similar boat, and it, the song is weird how it, I, I thought it fits with the record, but it also doesn't. Yeah. Um. I can't really put my finger on why, and you might have probably been explained it the best, is kind of the way that he was doing the vocal delivery. Um. It, it's, it, I feel like it might, may end up being a little bit of a teaser of what's to come in the future. And it might have been Alec, you know, it, it sounds like it was a very personal song for Alex to have written. Um, but it almost feels like it could be something that he's kind of alluding to, um, potentially in the future, like what they may be trying to do sonically, where it's, um, Pulling a little bit less on the new metal and deathcore, and it almost has a little bit more of a metalcore vibe to it. Um, it's a decent closer, um, but I think there have definitely been better songs to close out records. Um, it just feels like such a departure from everything else that's been done. Um, but I think because of how different it is from the rest of the record is, I feel like having it as the closer is maybe the best place yeah. that they could have put it. Cause if they try cause if they put it in the middle of the record is it probably would have been just one of those songs that was one of those songs that's just kind of skipped over and it's just, meh, it's just a song in the middle of the record. Um, the the band kind of lost me on this one though. It yeah. was kind of a, kind of a letdown for me, but um, I, 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 do have respect for what they were trying to do. Um, it's just, at least for an appealing stances, I, I just wasn't
1: really, wasn't really vibing with it for sure. But that is going to do it for the, uh, track by track breakdown for slaughter to prevails Costalom. uh, right now, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and give it our tentacle rating, uh, Matt, on a scale of one to eight tentacles, where are you at? So
0: this one is, I'm going to putting it at a five out of eight. And I feel like, especially as I kind of re look through notes, is I feel like I kind of put it high up. But um, I feel like if I push it down to a three or four, is I feel like it w- would kind of be, um, you know, not giving it enough credit, you know, enough credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at first, when I first listened to the record or kind of coming into it, especially based off of what I heard on Demolisher, Baba Yaga, as well as the Abalo. Um, is I really felt like this record could have been a 7 out of 8. Um, unfortunately, there were just aspects of the record, whether it be like the beginning of Bratva, the really cringy lyrics through just about half the record. Um, there were just a lot of things that they really ended up just tripping over themselves. So I feel like a 5 is a pretty safe place to put it, but I feel
1: like I'm almost more reluctant to put it down to like a 3.5 yeah so for me personally it was i'm in the same boat like Mm -hmm. i i wanted to put it higher Um, i do really do enjoy the band um this one's gonna be sitting at a four for me okay uh the it probably would have been a five or a six if it weren't for the lyrical content the lyrics were just really that bad for this one on me and i i just couldn't with it um if i did put it if, if i did use halves i probably would have put it at like a 3.5 or so yeah. um just because like it, it really was kind of a struggle and i I've, I've put quite a bit of time into listening to this record i've been finding myself driving a lot recently mm-hmm. so i've just been one of those things where i can just keep throwing it on pretty quickly um yeah it just i feel like it left a lot to be desired unfortunately yeah. it wasn't bad like he didn't bust out the lyrics like saying baby he's a lightning strike and stuff like that so it's not worthy of that but the lyrical content really is worth like a two the musical content's worth like a seven yeah the four is really going to be kind of the even ground between the two yeah uh, for me personally. Um, So that's going to be it for the track-by-track
0: as well as rating for the Slaughter to Prevail record titled Cost Alarm. And today what we're actually doing is we're kind of doing a a little bit of a two-for-one package here. Um, Released on August 13th, 2021 through Century Media Records is we actually got the And I Return to Nothingness EP by Lorna Shore. Um, it's a three-song EP, and uh, Gabe and I wanted to kind of sit down and talk to you guys a little bit about our thoughts on this one.
1: Yeah, one of the reasons I really, really wanted to do this was um, the recently when uh, Into the Hellfire came out, which mm-hmm. is the, the first track on this album, or th- this EP, uh, it was kind of the demolisher of 2021. Yeah. The vocal delivery by the new vocalist for Lorna Shore, Will Ramos, was just nothing short of insane. Yeah. Insane. Like it it was again, something that really was pushing the limits of hard vocals. Mm -hmm. And while it wasn't the same thing, like it it wasn't just going lower, it was doing more and basically becoming man bear pig. And and (laughs) so, I felt like it would probably be kind of interesting just to kind of bring a little bit of correlation because obviously we're going to be seeing a new Lorna Shore record at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, being that this was released as an EP, I can imagine that we're probably going to be at least eight to 10 months out from that. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, probably see one at probably early, mm-hmm. mid next year, I'd probably guess. Mid to not, like, I would guess. Like probably. fall Fall would probably, I feel yeah. like, would kind of be pushing it for well, next fall year. Fall feels safe. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it, it just, it's one of those things where. I don't know. Why don't you go ahead and just kind of give me your thoughts overall on the album? Yeah. Um, so this one is, I ended up kind of putting,
0: you know, kind of putting notes over the songs, but there, there's a, a theme that I kind of notice is. Um, Lorna Shore kind of falls into this style, which is called, like, Black and Deathcore. Yes. is very much Deathcore mixed with black metal, and the black metal vibes have been very present in Lorna Shore's work before, Um, even back when Tom Barber was the vocalist. um, Even I back when uh, CJ McCready was. I didn't listen to that much of Lorna Shore during that time. And honestly, Lorna Shore really a- took off. Mm-hmm. And you really like the the also black CJ's a bad person. Kick yes. him when he's down. <laughs> <laughs> kick him harder., uh, but like you the the black metal is extremely strong in their style it, and in not just the the vocal delivery and kind of the the sh- almost shrieking um, sounds that he, like Tom Barber was able to bring that when he was in there. Yeah, we see that that was present. Um, even in the Darko album that we had reviewed a few weeks back. He's even brought a little bit of that into Chelsea Grin, even though he's kind of toned it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But back when he was in Lorna Shore is... De- Demonic seems like a really safe way to explain what his vocal style was. And because you get these these sh- this shrieking and almost shrilling sound from him, but he also could sit there and he could go into this low range... And Will Ramos, what he's able to do is he's able to do what Tom Barber does, but there's also a sort of like a um, a very carnal, uh, very primitive sound to it where, where Tom I Barber... I feel like the best way to describe it would be like,
1: imagine what a banshee would sound like. Yeah. It would be something like that. Yeah,
0: and and it, it's... Like, Will Ramos uh, sounds very primal when compared to Tom Barber. Tom Barber is very much like... He's almost like the the vocalist that's just very technical. He he knows what he's doing. He's able to hit everything perfectly. Will Ramos, he comes in and he's able to still do everything with a very technical prowess, but he sounds more primitive. He mm-hmm. sounds he sounds like he's an actual beast. And uh, the the man bear pig comparison. There's a part where it's this. He literally,
1: it's like a sn- he interchanging a
0: snarl with this like with pig squeal. Like, yeah, it, he's and literally he's insane. he's
1: screaming out. He's he's using a, this uh, technique called tunnel throat. Yep, which is a um, a very like guttural kind of uh, high pitched scream that he's he's screaming out. And to take in a breath, he's then also snorting, where he's using mm-hmm. his, his, um, his I forget what exactly it's called. It's like a his wet palate or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I, I forget. I'm, I'm not a, a vocal technician by any mm-hmm. means. But um, he, so he's using that and then going higher and then bringing it back in, snorting again, and then going higher until he ends up with this final shriek that is just decimating. And then he goes back into his lows again. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't know if you're familiar with Cardavox Academy
0: on YouTube, uh, nope. but he's an actual vocal Coach, and he's actually based out of here in Arizona. Oh, nice! Is he actually did a breakdown of this song, and the when he because he listened to that portion a couple of times, and he kind of explained, and I'll try to kind of. Um, you know, kind of explain it the same way he did. Is as he, as you hear Will doing this, you know, tunnel throat and snorting, is you can almost hear the saliva building mm-hmm. up in his mouth. So it, it's like it it becomes more gargly the more like he's doing the tunnel throat. So it's like, and when you when you think about it, is it's like that's gross, but it also that's what's causing the sound to be as just as amazing as it is and obviously like we're just naturally creating saliva so it's just naturally happening but he's able to you know kind of almost push the push the saliva to allow for that gargly sound which again adds to that primitive sound um but you know try try not to just sit here and talk about to the hellfire because the other two songs the cool thing is with black metal is there's a very theatrical kind of at, vibe that's brought to mm-hmm. some of the black metal. You hear a lot of this choir in, in the, the other two songs being of the abyss and, and I return to nothingness, which is the title track of the EP. And you hear this choir come in. You also have these organs, which add to this just kind of you know, it, underneath all of this, just really dark, gritty, disgusting sounds, is you have this beauty, and it, it's the it's almost yin and yang of the record. And as I was kind of sitting there listening to it, I found myself. I almost didn't want to listen to Will. I actually wanted to listen to the elements behind mm. him because because of that
1: contrast, and it just added that little bit of extra something on this EP. Yeah, I, I feel like that's my big complaint about this, th- this EP overall is just the fact that the mixing on it seems... I don't want to say halfway done, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like it, it doesn't feel like it's everything that it could be. It feels like a lot of the pieces blend together. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that that was probably an intentional choice yeah. because just to kind of create the, a, a similar uh, idea and concepts behind like, the, the normal DIY that black metal really is. Yeah. Like, if you go and listen to most black metal artists, like, most of their albums sound like trash because mm-hmm. they just, they either did it themselves and they don't know what they're doing or they did it intentionally because that's the sound that people have come to, to recognize. Yeah. And <clears throat> not to say that's necessarily a bad thing, that's really not for me, but I feel like that's kind of like a halfway point where they're still appeasing the... Non black metal fans listening to bands like Lorna Shore or Aborted or mm-hmm. uh, Carnifex mm-hmm. or things like that, but um, while still maintaining that hey, we still have our black metal roots kind of thing, yeah, we have that black metal cre- credibility, yeah, kind of yeah, that's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was my biggest complaint. I feel like it definitely could have been produced better, uh. Whether that was intentional or not, I don't know for sure.
0: And and I kind of do have the kind of a same complaint. And my my biggest complaint, and you can, it was kind of present into the Hellfire, is I felt like Will wasn't mixed high enough. Like I feel Definitely. like I feel like if the instrumentals was pulled down at most like two notches just to allow Will to kind of um, take a little bit more of the forefront. But I feel like by if you give too much to him is you lose out on on a lot of what's going on in the background and you know the the production is one of the things is there were some portions where the the choir almost overtook the instrumental so it was almost like the you know the choir and then will and then you could kind of hear the guitar work mm-hmm. and Lorna Shore has from my from what i've heard they've always had really good guitar work it's mm-hmm. if, if i recall correctly is the band is three members and it's the two guitarists and then the vocalist and then I, I believe i i could be wrong but the drummer is considered in the group uh but i don't think they have a technical basis or at least in the main lineup kind of thing Yeah, when you're playing eight strings who needs a bass
1: <laughs> thick chunks <laughs> yeah but um yeah, so th- that's really all that i had uh for lorna shore i know we're going kind of long here um did you put a tentacle rating for the ep though Oh uh, yeah! If I was gonna put a tentacle rating on it, it'd definitely be like a six or a seven for sure. Sitting at a six as well. Okay. And uh, it's definitely a, an EP that I plan to go back to and just really dig into the quirks of. Um, definitely, just to like kind the, of understand. I, I love little. "Into the Hellfire." Like, I think that it's a fantastic so song. Even out, even just isolated from the breakdown at the end, like mm-hmm. the rest of the song is really good. It is yeah no i have to agree
0: um so that's gonna do it for our uh breakdowns of again both the slaughter to prevail record titled Costalom, as well as the and i return to nothingness ep by lorna shore and we look what we like to do at the end of the episode is do a hidden track where we talk about something in the realm of music that's not related to the record and or records that we just did a review of um but something you know going on in the realm of music and let me tell you, it's we got a pretty packed uh, list on this one, and yes. um, Gabe, why don't you just hit us off?
1: Yeah, so for this one, just because we are running uh, pretty late on time at this point, I'm just gonna kind of deliver it really quickly. Um, the new of sulfur uh, uh, EP, uh, I mentioned this last week when we were talking about our top eight, but it was um, it was really good. It was mm. black and death metal again. It kind of in like the same vein of Lorna Shore. Um, those really just hallowing uh, kind of vocals. A lot of really good features, including Tim Lambesis, which Mm -hmm. I thought was kind of a cool one on there to see the medical vocalist on, that kind of thing. So I thought that was really cool. Um, And then the other one that I had was the new Crown the Empire song featuring Courtney LaPlante, just for Matt. Hey, uh, Courtney? Courtney? Do do you remember the name of the song? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Dude, I don't. They did a song. It sounds like Crown (laughs) the Empire. So if you like Crown the Empire then you're going to like it. If you don't like crown the empire, then skip to the last minute where Courtney really does her things. And it sounds really good. Yeah. Courtney LaPlante just doing Courtney LaPlante things. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I'm not a big crown the empire fan, mm-hmm. but, um, if that's, if that's really your rub, then I would definitely recommend going and listening to that. Cause, uh, it seems that crown the empire fans are, uh, really enjoying the song.
0: Yeah. So for mine is I've got a couple. Um, the first one, which we had briefly um, talked about during our top eight episode, is a new Ice Nine kill song titled Assault and Batteries, um, which is actually off of their upcoming record titled The Scroll Squ- The Silver Screen Two. <laughs> Welcome to Horrorwood. I am li- like literally my brain screen two? <laughs> <laughs> my Dude, my brain's firing on 20 cylinders, right? Like it's firing everything and there's just 12 things going on at the same time. So let's try this sentence over again. Ice Nine Kills dropped a new song titled Assault and Batteries, um, which is going to be off of their upcoming album titled The Silver Scream 2. Welcome to Horrorwood. I was really and hoping you were going to mess that up again. I Honestly, <laughs> if I would have messed that up, I would have been real sad. So this one, kind of like what the, the Silver Scream 1 was for the band, is every song was based off of some sort of horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is based off of Child's Play, so the Chucky series. Um this this song's insane. It pretty much takes what it is the end is off of Silver Scream One and it takes the chaos and you know does it better. And it, it's still very much chaotic, but it's honed in and mm-hmm. it shows that this band knows what they're doing and that they're able to make songs like this, and it's just absolutely fantastic. Definitely recommend it's listening cool to that one. It really is. Really sick guitar work. Um you guys will definitely enjoy that. Now, for a little bit of a weirder one, is it's a uh, band called Tala, which is titled Vanilla Pace, um, and it features Garrett Hood of Guerrilla Warfare, AJ Channer from Fire, of the, I'm sorry, Fire from the Gods, and then Tom Barber of Chelsea Grin and Darko. Hey, more Tom hey. Barber. <laughs> and this song is just something else. It's three features, and they all get very prominent features very in prominent. the song. And it's, it's a chaos, but it's one of those things where it's like Ice Nine Kills is like, oh, yeah, we can write a chaotic song. And then Tall is just like, hold my beer, fam. And they put this out. And it's...
1: Dude, it's weird. So it's Tall re- is one of those bands that you have to really go listen to for yourself. Like yeah. you can listen to us describe it all you want, and it's it's still not going to be the same thing as when yeah. you listen to them.
0: Another, a couple of other songs that I would recommend, in um, you know, feel free to add a couple if there's some any I miss. But LED is a really good mm-hmm. one, and then Overconfidence is another really good one. And just in those two songs, is it's going to give you a really strong idea, just even the the vocal delivery as well as some of the instrumentals of just what to expect across. the board
1: yeah realistically i would just recommend listening to their uh their first album in its entirety Mm -hmm. like it it really just kind of encompasses everything that they're about yeah as well as just it it, it's hard to listen to the songs outside of their context within the album because it is so much more i don't want to say theatrical but like the album itself beginning to end is like a sonic theater theater Mm -hmm. um yeah just just go check it out it's it's really weird really cool And it's, it's definitely like throw it in your avant-garde playlist. Yeah, no, it's (laughs) definitely a weird one. So definitely a big
0: recommend. Um, but thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode again of the Tentacle Bot podcast. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Amazon music, Apple music, um, Google podcasts, anywhere you guys can find your podcast. Please do like rate and subscribe. Um, that way we can keep these coming out and, uh, you guys can hear our, uh, wonderful voices we've also got a number of different social medias we've got instagram we've got facebook we've got youtube and tiktok all at tentacle Bop. Um we don't have any tw- uh, twitter account because twitter's icky. but if you want to start beef with us let us know email us at a tentaclebop at gmail.com um, we'll definitely get something set up and then that way you guys can get all two of our fans and we can just maybe expand our fan base to have more listeners so Um, Thanks again so much, but we will catch you in the next one.
1: See you later.